0: Welcome to What's Working in Washington. I'm Jonathan Aberman. Today, Kieran McQuilkin, the voice of DC Beat. Out of those companies who are doing really well in that business, creating
1: technology, say, uh, for the government or for defense contractors, starting to find ways to apply that technology elsewhere, branching out into private industry. Um, and that's something that, that is very unique to the area.
0: If you want to have your finger on the pulse of dc startup innovation community our next guest is someone you want to know and you want to follow a self-described lover of coffee and the well delivered pun here McKilkin is the editor for dcno a daily newsletter and website that follows all things dc tech as part of the dc tech community myself i value dcno and i wanted all of you to have an opportunity to get a first-hand look at what's hot and hopping in this very vibrant innovation community kieran thanks for joining us i'm a follower of dcno i'm amazed how you always seem to come up with something new there you never seem to run out of things to cover how many stories a day do you run well i think you hit the nail on the head
1: that we don't really run out of things to cover uh we, we aim for about a story a day um that, that's for the site but but our newsletter goes monday through friday and i have not for one day since i started had trouble filling that up uh, we got a great network Freelance writers as well, that have their finger on the pulse of the scene, uh, and there's always something to talk about. So, so about one a day, and but, you know, in the news business, when it happens, it
0: happens, and you got to cover it. So that can ebb and flow. I think that the innovation community, the the startup community, is in some ways very siloed off from the government contractor community, uh, media, different industries that drive our community. What For those of us that don't know as much about it, what are the driving, defining characteristics of the D.C. innovation startup community that makes it unique around the country? Yeah, so part of what D.C.'s startup community
1: gives that, that you can't find too many other places is, is diversity. Um, and, and that's, you know, that's not good uh, in, in the tech industry overall. Um, but in D.C., the numbers are better than the national average in, in almost every department. That's women, minority founders. Um, service-disabled, veteran-owned businesses, um, the whole lot. So a lot of diversity, um, and that's great. And that's really attractive uh, to a lot of employees who don't want to mix into the regular, you know, Silicon Valley standard.
0: Well, Silicon Valley has come into a lot of criticism and justifiably so about being a very inward-looking culture, very uh, misogynistic in certain high-profile cases, and not a great place to build a career uh, as a woman or LGBT and so forth. It's is that really the defining characteristic here? That that uh, it's a more diverse and tolerant community, or is there are there other things as well?
1: No, I would say it's it's better here. Um, mm-hmm. It's not necessarily the the definition of it. And actually, I think what really makes it it strong does go back to the government contracting, the 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 big contracts the long term consulting, because we're starting to see that out of those companies who are doing really well in that business, creating technology, say, uh, for the government or for defense contractors, starting to find ways to apply that technology elsewhere, branching out into private industry. Um, and that's something that that is very unique to the area.
0: You talk about the region and the young people that are really energetic, they're making a difference. When I first moved here in 98, the general view was that government was boring and dull, There's nothing going on in government that I, as a young entrepreneur, including myself as a venture capital lawyer, I wanted nothing to do with the government. Mm. But it seems that things have changed, and young people are more interested in solving government problems or taking a technology out of government. Do you think that was, was that the Obama administration? Is it just that millennials are more civically oriented? What, why do you think that, why is your generation different from mine and how they look at working with the government
1: right i I think part of it a big part of it is that civic orientation um, and saying you know i can see the work that i do for the government playing out on the streets of dc Mm -hmm. um... if i'm making technology that the metro uses to better you know track delays uh... and whatnot, and i can see that happening in real time on an app that maybe i created or or I know someone who who worked with that, like on my phone, that makes it a lot more engagement engaging and and does kind of take that that stigma out of government work. I mean, mm. a lot of this stuff you see it as slow as bureaucratic, but really on the ground, this these are things we see every day. Um, so I, I think I'm not sure uh, it's an administration thing, but I think the government, especially local governments, have started doing better job advertising that work um, and these, you know, digital rebrands and and interconnections to the people who who might be working for them.
0: And I think it's a great thing. And again, my experience over the years has been people come to D.C. because they want to make a difference. But for quite a long time, it was very silent on how they went about doing it. I love that the lines are blurring. You know, in addition to D.C., I I see that you cover Richmond, uh, Virginia. And Greater Washington Partnership in particular has been driving the concept that we should be looking at ourselves as a super region from Baltimore down to Richmond. As you look at Richmond's innovation activities, do you think there are opportunities for us in the D.C. region to work more closely with Richmond and coordinate our activities to make better startups?
1: Yeah, I, I think so. Absolutely. Um, I mean, off starting off, it's two hours away. It's an easy drive right down 95. There are distribution channels, so no matter what you're selling, really, if you're going to have it in DC, you might as well have it in Richmond. Um, there are going to be connections just in terms of simple spillover. Cost of living is a lot higher in DC than it is in Richmond. Um, I lived there for two years actually before moving to DC. Cost of living is a lot higher, and, and when you just need, say, a team of 10 engineers to, to hang out in an office and write some code, they don't necessarily need to be right in, in your towering D.C. office to do so. Um, you send them down south, and you're seeing that start to happen, mm-hmm. but, but it will more as the D.C. area gets more crowded with, with those kind of companies.
0: In a way, sort of like what happened or has been happening with Silicon Valley and people move into Seattle or, or Portland mm-hmm. and continue to pursue startups.
1: And, and a lot of it, actually, I think this is more forward-looking, maybe 10 years, 15 years from now. Um, But they just, I can't remember the company, but they connected their fiber optic cables that are transatlantic going from Virginia Beach. Instead of connecting them to D.C., they're going to put them in Richmond uh, in some Henrico data centers. And what that means is that south of Richmond, there are not large data connections that are transatlantic. So you're sending that signal from Richmond instead of D.C. to South America, to Central America, anywhere it needs to go. That's gonna be really important looking forward because it means you need a lot of data storage there. And the distance from DC to Richmond actually makes a huge difference when it comes to, to those cables at the scale they will be uh, built at. The beat goes
0: on. Kieran McCLoken, thanks for joining us on What's Working in Washington. Thanks for having me. Thank you to our sponsor, TEDCO. TEDCO invests in early stage tech and life science companies. It provides resources and connections that companies need to thrive in Maryland. HEDCO's mission is to discover, invest in, and help build great companies. Learn more at www.hedco.md. And a thank you to our sponsor, JLL. JLL is a leading commercial real estate service company within the Washington, D.C. metro area, serving the technology, government contracting, and professional services industries. KLL's strategy-led approach and expert implementation results in cost-effective and flexible real estate solutions that help their clients succeed and grow. Thank you to Speakerbox Communications. Speakerbox is your team for meeting the unique demands of the technology sector, crystallizing complex ideas, targeting highly intelligent buyers, and moving at the speed of tech. Since 1997, they've given voice to many of our industry's top thinkers and performers. Check them out at speakerboxpr.com. And thanks to our sponsor, Tandem Product Academy. If you're looking to grow a software technology business and you're past your first five employees or your first half a million dollars in revenue, their free educational program will teach you how to grow your business. Supported by a broad group of our region's leading business organizations and local governments, Tandem Product Academy is free to participants. Learn more at tandeminnovate.com. Thank you for joining us on What's Working in Washington. Our executive producer is Tracy Madigan, online writer Barbara Ulrich, music provided by two D.C. region bands, two-car living room, and the Sunbathers. I'm Jonathan Aberman. Thanks for listening. See you next time.